The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Uptrich Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Welcome to The Christine Uptrich Show here on KKNW AM 1150 in the Seattle area, Transformation Talk Radio around the world. So grateful you're joining us here today because we are going to have a wonderful conversation um, but before I tell you about who our guest is and we venture into that conversation, I want to say hello and acknowledge the man behind all this technology over there who allows you to hear these wonderful conversations, Mr. Benny Mathers. Good morning, Benny. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. Good, good. I, I missed you. Oh, I missed you too. Aww. Yeah. Big heart. Big heart. It's, it's like the... the you know, I, I love Nathan. Nathan's great. <laughs> and yet when He's good, dude. He's good, dude. Yeah. And, and I mean, everybody here on KKNW is fabulous. But the thing is, I, I have attachment to you, Benny. <laughs> you have some withdrawals a little oh, bit. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no. counselor and get about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to have you back, though. It's good to be back. And Thank you. it's nice to have you listeners back as well. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking today about feeding your soul. And how that relates to feeding your body and being healthy. And our guest today is Carly Pollock. Now, she's a certified clinical nutritionist. She's got a master's degree in holistic nutrition. Um, Get this. She's been awarded the best nutritionist in Austin, Texas, five years running. And she's helped over 10,000 people achieve their health and happiness goals. And she is the author of Feed Your Soul and the founder of Nutritional Wisdom. I would like to welcome our guest today, Carly Pollock. Hi, Carly. Hi. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, too. Um, You know, I think that, um, first of all, one one of the things you should probably add to your bio is that you're a a closet stand-up comedian, too, because (laughs) how do I know this? I've read your book, and it, it is so funny and so spot on, and the best kind of humor cuts to the core of truth and shows the absurdity of it, and you do that repeatedly throughout this book. So it's an enjoyable book to read, Feed Your Soul, um, Nutritional Wisdom to Lose Weight Permanently and Live Fulfilled, um, and it's, it is filled with, with wisdom. What prompted you to write this book? First, I will say the fact that you said it was funny is so much more important to me than all of the wisdom that you gained from it. (laughs) (laughs) And I will say that also say that I am not closeted because I also think I am so funny, probably funnier than I really am. So thank you for that. (laughs) Um, what What prompted me to write this book was, I have to say it was a little bit selfish. It was, it I wanted to write it for me and for everyone that resonates with my past and my story, because I feel like it is so similar to what I hear from so many clients, friends, uh, followers on social media, is that um, we all struggle with making permanent change, Mm -hmm. even if it's not in the health realm. Maybe it's in relationships or with any pattern we have, but that the inconsistency of the evolution of ourselves is is so maddening to us and is so frustrating. And I felt that I had something different than what you're going to find in a typical diet book. Uh And then it almost became this um, compulsion because honestly, in the beginning, I didn't want to write a book. I felt like it had all been said in the nutrition realm and also the pain in the butt. You know, uh-huh. I, I have a private practice. I ha- I was yes. busy enough. It was like, oh, I don't want to write this book. But for any writer listening, uh-huh. you know that it, it haunts you in a way. Absolutely. And and uh, I'm writing a book right now, and I've just finished a chapter, contributing chapter for a book. And it's it's like a, a birthing process. You know, it's it's wonderful. It's there to, to be created. And there are so many labor pains, I tell you. 
so true. And, you know, just like, because I was pregnant at the time I wrote this. Oh, my so goodness. I, yes, I gave in the manuscript, I think, a week before I gave birth. Wow. And so there were so many parallels of it being exciting and scary and really uncomfortable at times, but, you know, euphoric at other times. And, you you know, you just go through the gamut of emotions. And uh-huh. I think that you feel it in the book as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your journey with um, the inconsistency of weight and healthy body relationship. My story feels really similar to your basic coming-of-age story. I was an incredibly anxious kid growing up, completely self-induced. My parents you know, would scratch their head. They did not know where this little person came from. I was Hmm. so driven, type A, Uh wanted to get 100 on a test. And if I got a 90, I would be upset. And my mother would say, you know, who cares? Go play outside, get Uh dirty, you know, Uh have fun. And, And that just wasn't me. I was already chasing this question that I feel we all deal with daily because of our ego, which is, you know, am I enough? Uh And it's not just a question with curiosity. It's a question with the doubt that I'm not, you know, am I enough? Am I I really um, good enough to feel okay? Uh And because of this anxiety, I needed some sort of distraction or escape, and that was food for me. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, anytime you abuse or overuse something, there will be a consequence. So. I started to gain weight and at the same time was going through puberty. So you can just imagine. Uh, uh, double whammy. Double whammy. And that began the horrific, you know, decade plus of me going on and off every diet you could imagine. And the yo-yo, the pendulum swing of during the week, I was a weekday warrior and mm-hmm. I counted my almonds and I ate my yogurt and uh-huh. I, you know, dreamt about food and I would lay in bed uh, thinking about, you know, okay, Monday I ate this, Tuesday I exercised, you know, that constant inventory we're taking, that obsessive Mm -hmm. inventory. And then on the weekend, I was so exhausted by all of that, that as soon as Friday hit, I would break free from food prison Uh and enter reckless abandonment. And, you know, the weekend was an all out binge. And then Sunday would, would always be my worst day. Not only did my anxiety start to creep back because I knew Monday would come and I would put the shackles back on and go back into food prison, but it was this scarcity mindset of, of yeah, the food is going to go away. Uh-huh. And so I need to get my hands on whatever, you know, I'm going to eat anything not nailed down. Right. And so with that, that inconsistent behavior also came that weight fluctuation where Friday was my only good day. It was like Monday through Friday, I worked on not being bloated. So Friday I would wake up and I would go, oh, I'm feeling leaner. And then on the weekend, you know, would be the undoing of all of that. And then Monday was always the day that I felt, you know, the fattest, the most unhappy. Mm -hmm. And and that was a really vicious cycle that led me to lose and gain if I were to count it up over 300 pounds it was just the same 25 pounds over and over again wow yeah and really you know coming to a realization that what i was doing wasn't working and Mm -hmm. that's really the pivot of when things started to change Mm -hmm. okay so um i i know we will be talking about nutrition but is nutrition the the crux of this or is there something besides that 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 causes this issue of weight gain Nutrition, in my opinion, has very little to do. I won't say nothing. It Uh is a part of the puzzle. It's Uh probably 10% of the puzzle. 10%. Wow. 10%. Yeah, I think that 90% of creating permanent health changes is mind work. And that Mm -hmm. 10% is the logistics. And nutrition is, is... part of logistics, but so is exercise and cooking and Uh going to sleep on time and all of those things. And so it really is so small when you think of where our focus should be and where we put our focus. We put 100% on food and movement Mm -hmm. and almost nothing on mind work. And so we do these diets that are behavior modification only, meaning the diets tell us to eat this and don't eat that, but they never go deeper as to explore why we 
feel we want to eat a certain way or why cravings come up. And that's why ultimately diets don't work. Not because I'm anti-diet and I feel like we shouldn't be on diets. Mm-hmm. Really, in reality, we're all on, we're, you know, a diet is just the way we eat. So we're all right. on diets, whether they're not good for us or, or good for us. But really looking at a, a program that can combine the logistics with all of the mental, spiritual, and emotional tools we need to have consistent behaviors. Mm-hmm. This, this makes perfect sense to me. Um, we're going to go to a quick break, but when we return, I'm going to want you to talk about some of the, the mental aspects of this, what kind of uh, work we should do, and I'm really fascinated by this, this difference that you distinguish between uh, willpower and discipline. Stay tuned for more with Carly Pollock here in just a few moments. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Time. Talk radio. If you have a sense that you were meant for more, join Heather Allison every third Tuesday at noon Pacific as she explores an ancient, forgotten energy within us and helps us access our original archetypal blueprint. The Golden Path will help you remember the key to unlocking your life, love, success, and magic you were meant for. A key to unlocking your golden path. Visit heather-allison.com. This is Peggy Snow, practitioner at Stellar Reflections, with a Stellar Reflections Minute. So many people these days are trying to find ways to relieve their stress. What happens to our breathing when we're feeling overwhelmed and stress? When we tune in, we realize that we're either holding our breath or taking very shallow breath. To signal the body that all is well, which most of the time it is, sometimes all that is needed is a nice, deep breath to break the cycle. First, exhale to get all the stale air out by engaging the abdominal muscles and blowing gently. Next, take a nice full breath in, feeling it fill your body all the way down to your hips. Release fully and enjoy the freedom of movement. Notice how your body feels. Do you feel refreshed? Calmness is only a breath away. This has been a Stellar Reflections Minute. For more information about what we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. How many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing? Next time someone tells you, great job, you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com, and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here in KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. I'm talking today to Carly Pollock, author of Feed Your Soul. Now, Carly, before the break, you were talking about how it's really like 10% nutrition and so much of the rest of the 90% relates to the, the mental work. Um, can you share with our listeners why you have that perception? I began to understand that our thoughts, stories, beliefs, 
they dictate how we feel. They create our emotional state. And ultimately, how we feel drives how we act. So if ultimately we're trying to change the way we act around food or around exercise, sleep, hydration, whatever it is, then changing the behavior at the surface wouldn't work if we don't do the deeper work to heal it at the root, which is our thought pattern. Uh And I started to associate, I started to recognize that it's funny how we all think we're unique, but we're not, Uh (laughs) and that our stories are all very similar. And after sitting with thousands and thousands of clients and, and meeting so many people, I realized that we all have the same stories that lead us down the rabbit hole of inconsistency around food. My favorite story being in the moment, I just say, I don't care. Uh I say it a little bit more colorfully, (laughs) but really what it means when I say it is, I don't care. I don't care in this moment. Uh And I remember Brene Brown saying one time that she called it lies told honestly. And I never forgot that because it is so true in the moment we believe the mind. Uh But for me to say in this moment that I don't care, I cannot tell you what a huge lie that is. I care more about my health than almost anything else in my life because I know that it leads me to have the quality of life where I can enjoy and experience all of the other things that are important to me. Interesting. So, so I think we, we that particular yeah. lie, I think many of us tell ourselves in the moment, kind of like, ah, you know, I don't really care um, mm-hmm. if I'm in this size pants or, or, you know, I don't really care if this is going to make me crave that other thing, too, if I eat it. You know, it's, it's just sort of like, well, you know, whatever. And think about the lie when we go, what does it matter? What? Of course it matters. It matters more than anything else because if you cannot what is the ultimate end goal of all goals is to be happy to be present to have this awareness that allows you to fully experience life on every level possible but if you're not happy in your body and part or a large part of your awareness is focused on how you look, how your clothes fit, how other people are viewing you, uh-huh. and it bleeds into your confidence and your self-worth, then you can't have that life experience that I speak of and describe. So, of course, it matters. It matters more on a spiritual level than it even matters on the vanity level that we think we're referring to. So that's one big lie told, honestly. Yeah. Another one is, uh, that I deserve this. Mm. So we use. So give, give me an example as, of that. Like I de- de- Okay, so I've had a hard day. I deserve this cocktail, oh, dessert, drive-through, whatever. Uh-huh. Like like or, the, the the treat. The treat, or you know, sometimes what's really ironic, and I've I've been in this trap many times before, is we reward ourselves with the very thing we're avoiding. Uh, and it's, and it's the most ironic thing. It's like we're, we're trying to reward ourselves for avoiding this thing by eating this thing. So let me give you an example that's okay. not even food-related. I remember I went six months without shopping. I love shopping. It's uh-huh. kind of like my other food. Uh-huh. And <laughs> when my self-care is not there, you'll see me online shopping more versus, uh-huh. you know, eating more. Yeah, we but don't even I have to go to the mall anymore, do we? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> And uh, I like online shopping better than in-person shopping. Me There's too. something very fun about it. But um, I went six months without shopping because I wanted to save up money. And I wanted to see how much money I could save. So at the end of the six months, I saved up this money. And you know what I did? I bought myself a designer purse that was worth <laughs> the entire six months of what I would have saved. Wow. I asked you, what is the point? So this is what people do with food. They diet all week. Uh-huh. Or they or they diet until they lose the five or ten pounds, and then their story changes. And they say, I deserve this. I feel great. Look at all the hard work I've done. Uh-huh. And we undo all that work by rewarding ourselves with the very thing that we were avoiding in order to receive a different outcome. Interesting. Interesting. So shouldn't we reward ourselves in some way? We know that the mind is set up that we only are motivated by the anticipation of the reward. So the answer is absolutely yes. Ah. My challenge is twofold. One, and best case scenario, can your reward be the outcome itself? 
So can you, mm. you know, can I save for six months by not shopping? And the reward be that I've saved for six months. Mm. And now I have this money uh-huh. that I can put towards something better. Or the fact that I just now have this money and I've proven to myself that I can use discipline and, and have restraint and, and that I have power over this. Right. Or my second challenge would be, can you choose a reward that doesn't have a consequence? Uh-huh. So let's say money is uh, flowing freely to you and you have more than enough. Then for a job well done, if you want to buy yourself something as a present, I'm totally fine with that. Uh-huh. And even if once in a while you wanted to use food as a reward, hey, I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to have this slice of cake. If that slice of cake does not create a consequence or you don't abuse one avenue of reward enough where it's like always food or Mm -hmm. always buying something, then that is totally okay. It's that we tend to use the same things over and over again. And then that resource either becomes scarce and creates stress or it creates a consequence that then we're trying to undo. Mm -hmm. It's funny because as you're talking about this, it reminds me of a decision I made when parenting young children. You know, like, for instance, when my first son was learning to brush his teeth, instead of saying, good boy, I'm so proud of you, what I said instead was, um, how does it feel to have brushed your teeth yourself? Now, how do they put your tongue across your, your teeth? So in other words... I was, I was sort of shifting from the reward of the affirmation of what a good boy he was, the external validation versus the internal appreciation of what he had achieved on his own. So it's, it's so important because then when he brushes his teeth and his mommy's not there to say good job, uh-huh. why, why would he even brush his teeth if he's not going to get that, you know, get that carrot? Yeah. Basically. So it sounds like you're saying the same sort of thing. It, 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 it it's sort of like the, the reward should be very self-validating as opposed to um, a, a fix. like a, you know. Mm-hmm. And I still have to remind myself, I mean, I use all of the tools every single day that I wrote in the book. I still use all of these. There are times where I wake up and I'm feeling really strong in my body because I did a workout or because I ate well for a period of time, whatever. Uh-huh. And then the mind comes in and says, ooh, you should eat a cookie or whatever that is. And I I use my awareness to recognize that that is just the mind. It's not my, what I call in the book, my higher self. Uh And my higher self comes through and says, yes, and how do you feel because of this? Mm -hmm. And, And what is going to, you know, what is your future going to look like because you ate this way or moved this way? And how can you celebrate yourself just by living in the aftermath of this you know, positive change. Uh-huh. And I still stayed every day have to remind myself that the reward is the outcome in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense to me. And I, I love the way you sort of map out that it all starts with the thoughts and then the emotions and then the behavior and then the consequences. Um, I know that in your book, you, you distinguish between willpower and discipline, which should we choose and why? You should every single time choose discipline. And once you understand the difference between the two, you realize that it wouldn't even be a choice. It's so obvious. To me, I define willpower and discipline to be extreme opposites, which is interesting because people usually use those words interchangeably. Uh-huh, right. So how are they opposites? So willpower, in my mind, the energy behind these words, Mm-hmm. We know that words are just words, but the energy behind them is what makes them so powerful. Uh-huh. The energy behind willpower is fear when you think about it. The willpower right. looks like this to me. You're at the, you're at the dinner table. You're at, you're at a restaurant. You're at a Mexican restaurant. There's chips and, and salsa and guac and queso on the table. I have to use that example because I'm in Texas. Yeah, yeah. And... That, 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 those are my weaknesses too right there, yeah. Perfect. If I was in New York, I'd say you've got a bagel and beer going on. My inner Jew would come out. Uh, but so you've got the chips and queso. And this is what willpower looks like. You, you're now not focusing and present on anybody's conversation or company. You're zeroed in on the chips and you're having the angel devil combo. Ooh, that'd be so good. You got to live. No, you're going to feel really bloated and constipated the next day. Uh-huh. Oh, but everybody's eating it. Why can't you? You right. really don't care, remember? And it, would, and it would go back and forth, and you would feel like, ultimately, if you used well, willpower not to eat the chips, uh-huh. you don't eat them. So on the surface, it looks the same as discipline, but inside, you are 
you're not eating them out of fear of the consequence of what eating them would do to your body, your digestion, whatever it is. That fear is not good for our system either. It's not. And then you leave the restaurant and you are mad. Like you're not in a good mood. Your friends are not funny. You're just, and you know, four days later, you're eating something horrible as kind of a knee jerk reaction or a rebellion. Sure. The energy behind discipline is love. So you're at the very same table and you look at the chips and you say, you know what? I love chips and queso and I know exactly how it tastes. But right now I love me more. I love my vision and outcome of what I've created more. So I am going to be empowered and not eat these. And there's such a different, even physiology between willpower and discipline. Like picture someone in willpower mm-hmm. and picture someone using discipline. And you walk out of that restaurant and you're so proud of yourself and you feel so great. And there's this there's powerful forward-moving momentum. And there's a, a quote that I think about every single day. And this quote is by um, this man. His name is Jocko Willink. And he says, Discipline equals freedom. Mm, and I yes. have it, I have it um, written out on my computer screen, so I see it every single day. Yeah. And to me, that means that that discomfort and resistance that I feel when I'm using discipline, ultimately, I have re-patterned a story around it so that it feels good to me. Because right. to me, it means that ultimately, I'm going to be free in my body, which allows me to be free to have that life experience that we are all searching and yearning for, that fully present, grounded, you know, feel it all, live to my full potential experience. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that I never eat the chips and queso. Uh That's that 10% of nutrition where you've got to get clear on what your loving boundaries are around food so that you can reach the outcome you want. And it's different for everyone because everyone has, one, not only a different body, but a different outcome that they want, whether you want to prevent disease or you want a flat stomach, you know, uh-huh. is going to create different loving boundaries. Right, right. I love this. Um, we have to go to another quick break, but stay tuned for more about feeding your soul. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field or aura surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Imagine that you can create anything you choose. Literally, imagine it. Join us to explore the neuroscience of imagination, intention, and clear speed. Tune in to Clear Speed Talk Radio with Dr. Ned Wolf on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Every fourth Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, as she explores how your inner dialogue, your conversations, and the words you choose to use can help set goals you keep, achieve greater health and resources, and feel the ease and flow of loving your life. For more information, visit JeanetteWolf.com. Are you ready to create a life you'll really love? Then you'll want to tune in to the hit show Life Design Radio from Adversity to Awesome with Susan DiLorenzo. Live each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. No matter where you are in your adversity story, Life Design Radio has got you covered. Get ready to feel inspired, enlightened, and motivated. For more information about working with Susan, visit SusanDiLorenzo.com. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. 
On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Time. Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW 1150 AM and Transformation Talk Radio around the world on the internet. I'm talking to author and nutritionist and um, closet comedian, not she's out of the closet actually, Carly Pollock, author of Feed Your Soul, Nutritional Wisdom to, to Lose Weight Permanently and Live Fulfilled. Okay, so Carly, we've been talking about being aware, being conscious, um, and paying attention to the thoughts that precede the emotions and the behavior. Um, if somebody wants to lose, say, 20, 30 pounds, what, their, what should their approach be? The first step would be to get clear on why you want to lose the weight, mm. what you will experience or receive when you lose it, and most importantly, what will be blocked from you in, if you don't okay. do this so, because fear is a really good motivator. So is, lo- you know, love and pleasure, but I like to use both. I want to know what I'm going to get, and I also want to know what what am I saying no to? What am I closing myself off on? So I'm um, off to. So one is getting clear, but from a logistical standpoint, because uh-huh. I know that people are listening thinking, you know, Mentally and emotionally, that sounds really great, but what do I eat? Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> you know, everyone is is extremely different. We call it biochemical individuality, uh-huh. and that's why no one diet works for anyone all of the time. Right. Or, I'm I, sorry, everyone. There are so many diets out there, and everybody thinks they, all these different experts think that they know the way, and um, it doesn't work for everybody, does it? That should always be a red flag for you if you're listening to someone. They say, okay, keto is going to work for everyone because of these studies. And you have somebody else saying, no, vegan is really plant-based diets or how, how you should be. There are so many different paths to wellness. And I believe that we actually put way too much importance on this. I mean, whether you eat animal protein or not or, um, you know, eat a higher ratio of fat and carbs, do these things matter? Yes. They are, and especially for that last little bit of weight and you need to tweak your macronutrients and really give your body what it needs. But for the most part, for many of us, just following, you know, a general guide, very much like exercise, you've got like do the cardio, do the Uh resistance training. Uh And then you have the person that comes out and says, you should just sweat. Five days a week, you should just move your body and sweat. And Uh don't we think that'll take us so much further than somebody being so overwhelmed by all the information that they do nothing at all. Yes, yes. I, I know at one point I found um, this program called Body Groove Online that's sort of like this dance, but you have some freedom to kind of take the little moves and do what you want. And it's like, oh, it, it doesn't have to be hard. I don't have to watch this and figure out these really complex steps and and uh, push really hard and not listen to my body. It's like it, it was so refreshing to hear somebody say, it, it doesn't have to be this specific. Yeah, when it comes to general food guidelines, if there's one thing that you take away from the logistics piece of nutrition, it would be to eat foods that rot and spoil, meaning oh, foods that have, yeah, yeah it, 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 it's somewhat simple of a concept, and I don't mean to say that eating clean is simple. It, I'm sorry, is easy. Uh-huh. It's simple. It's just not easy because of all of the mind work we need to do. But simply put, you want to focus on foods that are unprocessed and alive. And those foods rot and spoil very quickly. You're Mm -hmm. looking at produce. Look at your avocados versus your fiber-rich cereal that sits on a shelf for the next six months and can be just as fresh for you when you open it. And that I want everyone to focus on just eating more plants. Whether or not you eat animal protein is, is a personal preference and a body physiology, you know, um, specific to what your body needs. I personally eat animal protein, uh-huh. but 
we all need to be eating more plants. More vegetables need to be on our plate. There is no harm in adding more vegetables to every single person's protocol. Mm-hmm. So I know that when I was learning about nutrition as far back as in high school, but even you know, well into my 20s and 30s, people had this perspective that it's just like calories in, calories out. It's all about the number of calories. Is that the case? It is a part of the story, but certainly not the whole story. I used to joke that it was very 1990s, you know, calories in versus calories out, and it doesn't matter what you eat as long as you are burning more than you consume, you will lose. Uh And there is a piece of truth to that. If you're eating too much and not burning, even if you eat all of these healthy, even to go to the place of detoxifying foods, you will not burn fat as fuel if you're taking in too much. Uh But we all know the person who's counting calories and only eating 1,500 calories a day, but but they're burning 2,000. So by all science metrics, they should be losing, but their hormones are not in balance. And they're stressed, so their cortisol's through the roof, which is causing an imbalance in estrogen and progesterone, or is causing a nervous system imbalance. And then activating the immune system. So now they're showing thyroid and autoimmune issues. And that person's not going to lose weight just because calories in versus calories, you know, they're following a cal in versus cal out protocol. So although it's a piece of it, it certainly is not the story and that we make it out to be. So um, you said the C word cortisol and, and referred to stress. I know you talk about stress in your book. Um, can you share with our listeners a little bit about how that fits into this whole picture? When we talk about thoughts, emotions, behaviors, and I, and I place so much of an importance on our core beliefs, our thoughts, our stories, I want to connect the science for all of, all of us geeky, you know, science lovers, is that when you think a thought, there's a release of chemicals in your brain, neurotransmitters release. Uh, you know, give a message to the body as to how it should feel. So we've all been in the place where we're sitting on the couch, we're watching TV, we're totally calm, and then a commercial comes on for a really scary movie. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, our heart starts beating a little faster, we start looking around, then we hear a sound because our cat is doing something mischievous <laughs> on the side, right. and we, we jump, well... Nothing in our external environment has really changed, but your thoughts about what you're perceiving or possibly not being safe have caused an adrenaline and cortisol spike, and all of those chemical messengers are telling the, the heart rate to speed up and the digestion to shut off so you can get ready to fight or flight. Uh-huh. And so, you know, our daily stress comes from thought. Stress is, is really, you know, thought space. You don't just feel stress. You think stress mm-hmm. first. Yeah. And that creates hormone imbalance because cortisol, adrenaline, all of these fight or flight hormones were meant to be for survival. Like in the moment, fight or flight, we weren't meant to chronically live in this state, which right. most of us do. Yep. And it creates an aftermath, not just hormonally, but think about when you're stressed, the, the comfort you crave. And uh-huh. if we're comfort eaters, or comfort TV binge, you know, Netflix watchers, uh-huh. what is the behavioral consequence of this, not to mention the physiological hormonal imbalance sure. that results? And I think about how we've evolved. Now, think the, the, the stress of running from the predator and then going into the cave and then wanting, knowing that you might end up having to retreat, you, you might end up um, being away from food. So when you get access to food again... You want to binge because it's important for survival purposes. We are, we have not, our survival mechanism, unfortunately, has not evolved. So Mm -hmm. when you think about it, it's like we're really working with a super outdated computer. Uh And the body can't tell the difference between you reading a stressful email from your boss or coworker Mm -hmm. and you running from a bear. So this idea of what you're saying of this refeed, because there may be another famine Uh when we know our next meal or snack is always going to be right around the corner. It's this really outdated system that gives us these mixed wonky messages and creates 
more dis-ease than it creates survival. And the last thing I'll say about this is, you know, we used to need to be wired for survival, but that's not, you know, survival mechanism, food, shelter, water. For most of us, these are provided. We're really looking how to thrive. Right. And the survival mind is not set up that way. Uh-huh. We're going to go to another quick break, but stay tuned for more with Car- Carly Pollock. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. What does the word healing mean? Many think that healing merely means eliminating symptoms. However, based on my many years as a healer, I have a much broader perspective on the word. Healing can manifest in a variety of ways, including having physical problems resolved, becoming more emotionally centered, experiencing better relationships, gaining greater clarity, and feeling more spiritually connected. True healing always includes some level of transformation. Whatever form healing takes, there is one commonality, an improvement in quality of life. To me, the highest form of healing goes beyond aligning with wellness. It comes from recognizing our soul's voice and allowing it to speak through us. And in that sense, don't we all yearn to heal into our wholeness? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Calling all moms, it's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms Helping Everyday Women Create Extraordinary Lives, Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit empoweringenergy.com. That's empowering with letters N-R-G.com. Awareness is universal. Establishing a living awareness through meditation brings peaceful, healthy, and creative well-being into your everyday life. The practice of living awareness, Spirit Fire's own meditation practice, is built on this belief and is designed for every level of practitioner. Each year, Spirit Fire hosts living awareness meditation retreats that allow you to explore the practice in depth at our retreat center in beautiful Western Massachusetts. Introduce yourself to meditation and the practice at the Foundations Retreat. Attend, in silence, a silent meditation retreat focused on mindfulness, presence, and nature. Or be engaged with the meditation sittings themselves at the Deepening Retreat. Start adding to your awareness and attend a meditation retreat designed to cultivate consciousness in your everyday life. For details on attending a Living Awareness Meditation Retreat, visit upcoming events at www.spiritfire.com. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. Welcome back to the Kristen Epchurch Show. We're talking to Carly Pollock. And Carly, before we go any further, I, I don't want to run out of time and not have an opportunity to talk about your website and what it is you offer. Uh, how can people connect with you? They can find me on CarlyPollock.com and there... You'll find tons of amazing resources. I write a blog, which I've written for many years. I have two online programs. One is a four-week online program to end emotional eating. It's less than $100. There's meditation, weekly meditations, videos, uh, journals. It's, it's really comprehensive. I'm really proud of that program. But also, one of the things that I provide is one-on-one coaching, not only with myself. I have very limited hours at this point, but... I've trained the best coaches in the world, and I have a private practice in Austin called Nutritional Wisdom, and we see clients all over the country and actually a few out of the country, so you don't have to live in 
uh, Austin or even Texas to get coaching. And that website is nutritionalwisdom.com. There's a recipe section on there with over you know, 500 gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, corn-free <laughs> recipes so that anyone can make these delicious recipes. And um, you'll find both of those websites connect to each other. So no matter which one you go to, you, you'll easily be able to get to the other. Okay, great. And I, I want to spell out uh, carlypollock.com. That's C-A-R-L-Y-P-O-L-L-A-C-K.com. Okay, Carly. I know on the break we were talking about hormonal interactions and, 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 and how the hormones affect each other. Um, what role does insulin play in all of this? Insulin, we've all heard that hormone be thrown around because diabetes is so rampant in our society. Insulin is a blood sugar hormone. Its job is to take sugar out of our blood when our blood sugar gets too high and store it in our cells as fat. So I actually call insulin a fat storage hormone, although that's not you know, just what it does. And it's, and it's good for us. It's a good thing that we have it because without it, we would be diabetic and your blood sugar could get too high that you would go into a coma and die. So Uh it's there for a purpose, right? But, um, it, it, it does store fat and insulin and cortisol play a very intricate role together. When you are stressed, your blood sugar rises and, and insulin, you become more insulin dominant than you would like. And when we're stressed, um, emotionally, we crave sugar. And then we uh-huh. eat that sugar, which increases our blood sugar, and then insulin needs to be released. Even when we're stressed and we're, you know, I'm a stressed non-eater, uh-huh. so I tend to skip meals when I'm very stressed, right. and then my blood sugar gets too low. And then, you know, when the stress moment passes me or at the end of the day, I inhale as many calories as I can. Once sure. the cortisol is cleared, I go, oh, wow. You know, when when we're in fight or flight, our digestion shuts off, so we actually don't feel hungry at all. Mm -hmm. So if you're the type of person that goes to work, has your cup of coffee, which is an appetite suppressant and a stimulant at the same time, and then you don't have to eat till 2 or 4, and then you're eating the majority of your calories at the end of the day, there's going to be a insulin cortisol, we'll just call it a hormonal consequence to that, that's going to put you into fat storage mode far beyond just the calories that you're eating. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the good foods and what are some of the, the foods that um, can cause us issues? I would say the good foods, again, when you talk about your unprocessed foods, I'm looking at your organic and in-season fruits and vegetables, uh-huh. your nuts and seeds, your gluten-free grains, if you feel you can process grains, legumes, beans, and then your animal proteins, of course, to be pasture-raised, wild-caught, and in a smaller quantity, about four ounces for women in general, and, you know, six to eight for men. Of course, everything I'm recommending is completely generalized. Sure. But sure. here's your overall gamut of your unprocessed healthy foods. And then the food, you know, I don't consider any one food bad, even a Twinkie or a fried, you know, stick of butter. It's like there's a place for everything. Uh-huh. And if it's really the frequency and quantity with which you have these foods that turn them into a, a toxin or poison for you or not. Mm-hmm. If once a year you go to the Dallas State Fair and have a couple bites of deep fried butter, you can still be at your top health and vitality <laughs> so I, when you I, eat it every day. I, I got to get over this one. I've never heard of deep fried You've butter. You've never heard of that? No. Oh, it's, it's amazing, actually. Is it? And it's right near lunchtime for me. Yeah, see? See? <laughs> Don't knock your until favorite, you try it. Your award-winning favorite nutritionist has had deep fried butter because I'm a foodie <laughs> like the rest of them. Best ever. Best ever. <laughs> but, you know, the foods that I typically try to avoid for the most part are fried foods, packaged foods that have artificial flavors, colors, preservatives, uh-huh. high fructose corn syrup, dyes. Uh, I have a loving boundary, and you can see I keep calling that instead of a rule, and it's because I tend to be a rebellious person that the word rule triggers me. But <laughs> me loving, <too>. boundary, <laughs> loving boundary reminds me that I made this rule. Uh-huh. This is not a rule in, imposed on me. It's because I have a clear outcome of what I would like with my vision of health, right. and it's a boundary made out of love for myself. 
But, you know, my loving boundary that I've kept for many years that has been incredibly helpful to eliminate food scarcity for me is that I allow myself two free treats per week, whether they're a full-out meal or just some ice, coconut milk ice cream or a cupcake or whatever it uh-huh. is. Maybe it has gluten and dairy and sugar and it's fried. Maybe it doesn't. But that allows me to still be a foodie and every week, you know, really let my hair down and have something purely in the enjoyment of food without gaining weight and mm-hmm. without feeling like there's a major consequence to that because the rest of the foods I'm eating are within balance. And last night, I seriously ate an entire kid-sized like personal pizza because I was babysitting my three nephews as well as having my infant. Uh-huh. And it was just what I had. But I knew that I had two free treats for the week, and that was what I chose. So mm-hmm. I still have one left for the weekend. I don't know what it will be, but it will definitely be debaucherous. <laughs> and um, and it's, it's a loving boundary I've followed for many years, which allows me to eat something like pizza and french fries one week and still maintain not only my ideal weight, but a functioning digestive system and uh-huh. clear skin and, and tons of energy. So for me, that's a quote-unquote diet that I can permanently live with. Mm-hmm. What about alcohol? It's Friday, so I've, I'm thinking in those terms there are a lot of people who um, have a drink on Friday evenings. Rosé all day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this interview is getting better and better. we got fried butter and we've got rosé all day. Butter, rose. See, you know, you always have to stay till the end, you guys. You always have to commit till the end of the show. That's when the real truth comes out, not kale. We're not talking about kale here. Uh, you know, alcohol, everything in moderation and Maya Angelou used to say, everything in moderation, even moderation in moderation. Oh, right. If, if I put my practitioner hat on, I will say that alcohol, you know, is ethanol. It is a poison for the body. That's why when we drink it, a, a few glasses, we start to slur our words and we start sure. to be, I mean, think about what we're doing. We're like we're poisoning our livers. And that's why we're feeling, quote unquote, what we consider drunk. Right. But. You know, I'm not a big drinker because I am a foodie and I don't like to drink my calories. Uh I would rather eat a slice of cake than have a few cocktails. But I know plenty of people who are more than happy to have a few drinks in place of food. The clear liquor is the best. So to do, you know, a vodka with lime and seltzer, something where you're hydrating at the same time, you want Uh to avoid the sugary drinks, the mojitos, the margaritas, Uh and... For people who are sensitive to gluten, beer is something that, you know, is best avoided. Sure, sure. This has been a fascinating venture into um, weight loss, but really it's more about healthy living and, and shifting our relationship with food and with ourselves. Uh, I wanted to mention your website one more time, carlypollock.com. Carly, thanks so much for joining us here today. Thank you so much for having this combo with me. And... Her book is called Feed Your Soul, and I highly recommend it, and it will keep you laughing as well as um, as sort of uh, inviting you to to shift your perspective, and she's got some great exercises in it as well. And I want to thank you for joining me here today. Please check out my website, christineupchurch.com, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.